Welcome to the Prophecy Club. I'm going to be inviting you to two different meetings today. One, obviously, is you just go to watchmanstrumpet.com, watchmanstrumpet.com. And by the way, if it is still showing you the old date, that probably means you need to clear your history because it has all been updated to where we're going to be meeting for the solemn October assembly on Halloween down in McAllen, Texas. And you do want to come. I need you to come. The Lord needs you to come. But most important, our nation needs you to come. Next thing is, and this is what we're going to spend the first little bit of the broadcast talking about, and that is personal prophecy. Over the years, I have probably received, and we're, we're going to get to, the, the main thing I want to talk about today is Coverstone Dream. And yes, I've talked about this one before, but this has been on my heart for now about three days. It, it will not go away. I think it's very important that I, I bring this to you, uh, an additional understanding about what's coming. But before we get there, let's talk about personal prophecy. I remember Prophecy Club had been going about 30 days. I had been invited to go to a full gospel businessman meeting in Lawrence, Kansas. And this was, let me think, I think this was the first personal prophecy I had ever received from a real prophet and did not know that God talked to people like this. No, I guess it was the second one, as I think about it. But anyway, Gene Bacon gave this prophecy to me, and I'm not going to go into reading the whole thing, but the thing of it is, is he said that you're going to be doing meetings on Bible prophecy. And that this is the will of God, and God is going to bring them into the meeting. I mean, and he didn't even know that I had just started a radio program 30 days before. So it was a real confirmation. Now, why is that important? One of the most frustrating things in life is to be living life, but you're living life as a wandering generality. You don't know which way the wind is blowing. You don't know what the Lord wants you to do. You don't know what is coming. It's very, very frustrating. You feel endless and hopeless and useless and wasted and ignored. And But brothers and sisters, when you hear from God, I'm talking about from one that really hears from God. I'm talking about a senior prophet. I'm talking about Andre Bronkhorst. Out of the, you know, probably 100 prophecies we've got, working with probably around 40 or 50 various prophets over the last 28 years, he is number one outside of Leslie. Of course, Leslie hears from God better than any other beating heart on the planet as far as I'm concerned. But he really hears, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Why? Because he's only going to be speaking for two hours. And this one is probably not going to be easy for you to get to. But it's like this. If you really need to hear from God, if you really need to hear from God, you really need to... I mean, maybe you just need to hear God loves you. I don't know, but you know. In your heart right now, you know if you really, really need to hear from God. And I've received over 100 prophecies, but there's been times in my life, all right, I, I, I can't get emotional here, okay. There's been times in my life when I really, really, really needed to hear from God. So this is one of those opportunities. So the story is Andre Bronkhorst, a prophecy out of South Africa, is going to be speaking at the Spirit of Prophecy Church. And he's going to be speaking from 6 to 8 p.m. October the 17th. Just one time he's coming in. Yes, we typically have him at the Crusades. If you come to one of the Crusades, which we're having again on Passover, March 27th, we'll get you all of the details on that as time rolls along here. He will also be at that. But 
if you really need to hear from God, then this is one of the brothers I recommend. I think he has given, Leslie and I both agree, one of the most accurate, most specific prophecies we received in our 40 years in walking with the Lord and 28 years in ministry. He's very accurate. Now, just to show you what I'm talking about, he gave us a prophecy. It was 17 minutes long, and it would take up the better part of this broadcast, so I can't put the whole thing here. However, this is specifically the part about what he's talking about that I'm going to be writing a book that the church is not going to like. And I tell you the truth, when he got done giving me this prophecy, neither Leslie nor I nor any of our congregation members knew what the book would be about. And it was not until several months later that I realized that it was the book on how pre-trib won. It's a book about the rapture. So here's what he said. See if this rings true with what actually came true. I hear God saying, there's, yes, many material and things that you've brought out and that you will bring out in the future. But I, there is one book, one specific book, one more. And in the spirit, I sense that God is saying, this book is, is, will be your last assignment when it comes to books, book writing. This book. And I see God is asking one, one thing more of you. Now, <laughs> if you think things that you've done or things that you've written have brought persecution, this book. <laughs> and I mean, you're not looking for it. It's not your intention to try to find it. But I hear this one book and it's going to bring because this book is not directed toward, towards the world or sinners. It's towards the church. It's speaking to the church and it's confronting the church uh, on many areas where for years they know that they've been weak and they know that they've missed it. But it's confronting the church. It's strengthening the church. It's not for the world. The church have written, many people have written books towards the world. But I see that this last book, this last assignment is directed to the church, to the local church. We're speaking to them about standing up and being raised. Now, if you need to hear from God, you know. You don't need me to tell you. You know you need to hear from God. And if you need to hear from God bad enough, the river's not wide enough, the plane's not long enough, the amount or the time to get there is not going to hold you back. So here's the time he's going to be speaking and ministering. It's only going to be from 6 to 8 p.m., Spirit of Prophecy Church, October 17th, 6 to 8 p.m., October 17th, Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540K Avenue, Plano, Texas. I would suggest you be in your seat probably an hour beforehand because he can only get to so many people in two hours, and I can already tell you that all of our congregation is going to want to hear from him. So there you go. That's your little warning. If you need to hear from God, you will be in your seat by probably 5 o'clock, October 17th, Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540K Avenue, Plano, Texas. Now, on to what God has laid on my heart to talk to you about today. So, these coverstone dreams, why is it that so many people have turned and listened? Why is it that these coverstone dreams have shaken America like nothing has ever shaken America? I mean, he's got like some six million views between YouTube, Facebook, and all of these different dreams. So what is the difference? I'll tell you what's different. 
is their calendar dreams. So even though I talked on this in yesterday's program, I also talked upon it in the Sunday message that I, I gave. There is, he just laid on my heart, there's something more. There's something more that he wants me to share with you, and it's really urgent. Now, I've already read about Dimitri Dudman, the evil army. If you didn't hear that yesterday or Sunday, you can go back and listen to it. But I want to read this through again, because there's some things that he's put in my heart to speak to you about. First of all, you have to understand if you're listening to this broadcast, even just once or twice, you're not normal. If you listen on an even occasional basis, you're not normal. If you listen on a regular basis, you are not normal. What do I mean? I mean that you have a special call from God. So, as I've said many times, God has called me to raise up an end-time army of prophecy teachers working miracles. As you recall in the other Coverstone dreams, he called them encouragers, wearing crosses, going around. Well, that's you and I, brothers and sisters, and we're not the whole thing. There's a whole group of them, but we're probably the probably the lion's share of them because if a person doesn't know Bible prophecy, they're clueless. If they don't understand some of the things that God has given you and I, they're not going to be doing this. They're not going to be up and excited and encouragers and going around and being able to give people answers and raise them up and give them hope. They're not going to be able to do that. Only the ones that really understand, like you and I. Now, here's what he wanted me to bring to you. Let me let me read through this. Now, I call it the battle between light and darkness. Now, I've also changed some of the words from the B-L-A-C, and then there's two more letters, word, over to evil, so that it won't get caught by the Big Brother filters, and then all kinds of problems come to us. Okay, so let me go through it again. September 26th. Now, that's important. See, because the big question you and I have been seeking ever since the solemn September assembly, which was September 19 and 20. Okay, so it's Friday, Saturday, and Sunday conclude on the sundown. So Friday sundown, Sunday sundown. What we wanted to know is, were our prayers, mixed with the prayers of all of the other people, throughout the month of September, were our prayers enough? Did our prayers cross the finish line? Were there enough prayers? Were there enough people praying to where at least some of these things Coverstone was telling us were at least softened, delayed, and what couldn't be prayed away were at least softened, delayed, but hopefully we could pray many of them away. That's the big question. In other words, are we still looking at suitcase nukes? Are we still looking at firecracker heads exploding? Are we still looking at all of these problems? Well, the first answer is in this dream. And the only way to conclude is no, no, no. Sad to say, what God is saying is, sorry, America, you didn't have enough people. You didn't have enough fasting. You didn't have enough prayer. Now, yes, there was a few groups out there that gathered, but I never heard of anybody fasting. I'm sure there were, but I'm just saying I never heard anybody fasting except our group. Look, brothers and sisters, when we fast, it is a form of self-correction, a form of self-discipline to say, this is how bad I want you to hear this prayer. I'm not eating. Now, let's go through this. Coverstone says, I saw a huge field. Now, by the way, this is the summarized version. It's not exactly word for word for what he put out. I saw a huge flat field stretching for about a mile. On either side of it, elevated up to a small hill on each side. 
Down the middle was a glimmering silver line about five feet wide dividing the entire field. In other words, this is the battlefield. It was hot. The sun was high noon, no clouds. I saw a very large, evil, demonic army. On the left with red horses with weapons all heavily armored, preparing for war. The horses were grunting, prancing, pawing the ground, ready to go to battle. The demons were stroking their necks to calm them down, all ready to go to war. They were very confident of the victory as they prepared to fight. Now, here's part of what the Lord has laid on my heart to bring to you. You have to understand, this is talking about Nancy P. (laughs) You understand there's demons behind these people. Chucky Baby, Sleepy Joe. This is talking about people in high places that literally have demons speaking, guiding, and directing them, maybe not directly. Sometimes it's a hierarchy. In other words, Lucifer talks to his number two, number two talks to number three, but finally it gets down on the flesh level, and I believe that a lot of these people are getting directions directly, or you might say through the grapevine, directly from Lucifer. That's what it's saying. It's saying that Lucifer is wanting this battle, He's ready for it. Well, why shouldn't he be? He's preparing 6,000 years for it. He wants this battle. Well, how do we know that? Because Revelation 13 says, And was given to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given to him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. In other words, the only ones that are not going to take that mark, are the ones who, before they see him, have already accepted Jesus. This is saying the devil is prepared. He has his plan all in place, his army in place, and he's ready to go to war. On the other hand, it's also about to say that the Christians are not only uninformed, ill-prepared, and we're going to talk about why. The other side was a much smaller army, both in stature and number. They were mesmerized by the army on the left, almost like they were unbelieving and unsure of victory. Well, duh, that's the Christian church today, American Christian church for sure. They were not necessarily afraid, but they were awed by the evil army. They could not even move. They just stared almost into a dead stare. Some had armor, but it was shoddy, broken. Their swords and shields were split and broken. They were a ragtag group of disorganized, unprepared, untrained people not accustomed to war. Well, just like we had, for example, the solemn September assembly. We had our congregation members call other churches. Hey, we're having this meeting. And it is a non-denominational meeting. We're gathering under one name, Jesus, to do one thing, pray for America. Would you like to guess... How many of those pastors says, oh, hey, yeah, amen, I'll command my whole congregation, we're going to come to your meeting. Would you like to guess how many said they'd even announce it? You don't even want to know. You don't even want to know. In other words, the church in America does not cooperate and work together. We're disorganized. We're unprepared, untrained. People, we're not accustomed to war. We don't want war. We're just like little sheep. We just, we avoid confrontations, and that's one of the reasons that the church doesn't like those of the church that don't like Trump. They think he ought to be this pastoral guy, kind, 
and easygoing and avoid confrontations. But here God has put in charge of our nation one like them that is willing to go to war and willing to fight back and willing to mouth back. And what God is saying is, church, that's one of your problems. One of your problems is you don't stand up and fight for the name of Jesus. You do not stand up and fight for my word. You know not, you do not organize. You do not cooperate. You do not work together. You don't read my word. You don't memorize my word. You don't get prepared. Sad to say, most of them, that's talking about. Suddenly, coming down the hill behind the smaller army were ten good horses and riders with large swords, very good armor. They were wearing flowing capes, and even the horses wore armor. This is the angels. These are the angels that you and I have charge over. They rode in behind the smaller army and went around the small army, began to yell strategies. I believe that this is the Coverstone Dreams telling us, look, here's what's going on. Here's what we need to do. Some of you need to go to the left. Some of you need to go to the right. Some of you need to flank them on the left. We need you to get ready, be prepared and watching. I just got an email from someone who said, the Lord told me not to go to the meeting down in Harlingen. And I emailed back and I gave her a long answer I'm not going to go into. But ask yourself this. Since Coverstone is about to say here that he's calling all of us, I don't think someone can honestly say, God told me not to go to this meeting. No, if you're really hearing from God, God is not going to do that. Now, I'm not going to give you any excuse. I'm saying we all need to go there. This is America's last stand. This is our last chance just before this election to get the angels of God to turn things around. And if we don't get it done here, we're going to go into captivity. Those suitcase nukes will hit that earthquake will hit perhaps that meteor and that's what coverstone was shown he doesn't even understand he didn't know there was a meteor coming he never heard the word demetri Dudem before i said it to him i'm telling you brothers and sisters there's very few people that can know and understand the serious nature of these prophecies that they are prophecies that there are god and we got to pray we got to pray against them so i'm telling you right now if god is telling you you should not go to that October 31, that Halloween meeting. Thank God. That is not God. Leslie says she has people come up here. Well, God told me, and she'll flat tell him. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. That's not God. There's too many people that are using the name of God. Well, God told me, go get a hamburger. Look, you got to be careful. Leslie is very, very careful to use the name of God. Anytime she said, the Lord told me, let me just tell you, I stop what I'm doing. I set down the coffee, I set down the keyboard, I turn off the whatever, and I pause. And Because when she says the Lord spoke, I know it's the Lord speaking. It's not something we're just putting in our heart. And to tell you, to tell you the truth, I mean, we've all done it. We've all done it. I've done it too. But God is not holding us to that. He's not, he's not winking at those kind of things anymore. We've got to be careful. Do not say... Matter of fact, here's a good rule of thumb. Do not say God told you unless it's an audible voice, an angel visit, then you know for sure anything below that, unless you have a really good track record of things he told you that came to pass. Mm. Just be real cautious, real careful saying the Lord told me. Because these days and time when we're living in Sodom and Gomorrah, when we're living in Mystery Babylon, hmm. Not a good idea to say God told me. Not a good idea, especially 
went us to get us out of something we don't really want to do. Okay, let's go on. One group was told to stand on the other side, making sure nobody else caught past them. The leader of the good horses declared, time to engage. Every single one of them was needed for the fight. This leader wasn't just begging. He was commanding them, saying, this is the way. Here's what to do. You must fight to live. I believe, again, that's the Coverstone dreams. We must fight this battle. You must go with us. Get ready. We are going to lead the way. Follow behind us. The good horsemen went up and down, giving the strategy, saying every single one represented must fight. Now, you think that's a joke? You think he's kidding? Or does he mean every word of that? Listen carefully. Every single one represented must fight. Now, here's why I take that. If you're a prophecy student, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you can possibly explain to someone what in the world is going on better than they already understand, I'm not saying you're an expert, but I'm saying you can give them a pretty good unction, a pretty good understanding of what's going on, then you need to be at this meeting. You need to be at this meeting. Let me say it again. Every single one represented must fight. It didn't say we'd like you to fight. It said every single one represented must fight. Now, I believe, remember Coverstone, I'm not going to read it today. Coverstone also says there's going to be a mighty rushing wind and tongues of fire set on people. And he didn't say that was November. He said that was coming in October. Now, have you heard of anybody else putting on any long fasting and prayer meetings? Because I haven't. Meaning, we have a very good possibility of seeing that at this meeting. You don't want to miss it. But Stan, I just spent all my money. In the, it's, it, pull it down from the cloud. It's not coming from you anyway. Here's what you say. Lord, I'm going to go to that meeting. No, don't say, Lord, if you provide the ways and means. That's my prayer for you. But your prayer is, Lord, I'm going to that meeting. I ask you to provide the ways and means for me to go. I'm going. I'm going. And then you sit and watch the hand of the Lord. He'll take care of it for you. Every single one represented must fight. The horses reached the silver line, turning to those weak and unprepared behind them, saying, Let's go! The leader yelled and charged, and they went flying across the line, but only the good horsemen and the riders crossed the line. In other words, just the angels. No flesh went to battle with the angels. Who do you think is going to do it? It's Prophecy Club people. It's us. You've been listening for a long time. I've been telling you, God has been preparing you for a time, and here it is. Here's the time. And you're going to stay home, and you're going to miss it? Not on your life. You're not going to. You're going to come. The armies began to clash swords and fight. The fighting was very, very close, hand-to-hand combat. They kept fighting and fighting. I heard the clanging of armor and swords. I saw some swords dropping out of people's hands, but not from the good men's hands. There was a lot of action, a lot of excitement. There was concern on the leaders' eyes because they kept looking back to see where the ragtag army was, to see where the American Christians were. That's what he's saying. They kept looking back, commanding the ragtag army, come, come and help them fight. Come on, guys, come on. That's what he's saying to you and I. Those words, that's not to the pre-tribbers. That's not to the people that don't know Bible prophecy. That's not to the people that are studying about these other things. Those are the prophecy students. Those are the ones that know suitcase nukes are on our land. They know that there's a meteor up there that God is planning on drop. They know that there's a New Madrid earthquake that is about to hit if we don't pray. 
Only those people that can understand that. Come. This is talking to you and I. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on. Join us. Come on. We can push them back. We need you. Come on. Come on. Fight. Nobody came to fight. Nobody else came near the line. No one even got close. They kept their distance. They kept watching in fear. It's like a football game, like a baseball game. The ragtag army was in fear, mesmerized. Nobody crossed the line. Some of those in the unprepared army began walking, and some of them began running away, running away from the battle all the time, watching the battle. It's like TV to them. Entertainment. Entertainment while we're losing our nation. Look at Here's what he's about to say. He's about to say, you do this, or you're going to get beheaded. What? You listen. Listen, see if he doesn't say that. The ten good riders on the horses were fighting and winning the battle. They were clashing, fighting, and tired and worn down, but they kept fighting. They refused to give up. They refused to disengage from the battle. They would not go back across the line. The people sitting on the hill watching the Christians continued to just sit and watch the battle. They paid no attention. What was They didn't pay attention to their surroundings. Suddenly, behind the ragtag army, those who refused to fight, those who sat watching the battle, all of a sudden, there appeared a group of about 20 of the evil army. They had snuck up behind them very carefully on, on foot. The evil army had no swords, battle axes, large clubs, or anything. But the evil army had it all. The evil had new swords, battle axes, large clubs. They closed in, total surprise, attacked, and literally beheaded five of them before they could even turn their back. The ragtag army yelled to warn the rest of the ragtag, ragtag army, but... None of them had any swords. They had no way to defend themselves. They didn't understand. The field was flat, open, providing nowhere to hide. Yet, they still refused to cross the line and join the battle. Let me ask you this, brothers and sisters. If you believe Coverstone was hearing from God, if you believe you've been listening to Prophecy Club and it's not just entertainment, if you believe that, then you have no choice. Yeah, 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 but you don't understand. My wife doesn't like this. Tough. But, but you don't understand. My, my husband, he won't go along with this. Tough. This time, this time, you have authority from the throne. I just felt the anointing touch me. You have the authority from the throne. You get there. You bring your knee pad. You bring your Bible, your water device, and you bring your shofar. You're going to war, my brothers and sisters. I am calling you to war. The Lord is calling you to war. No, there's not going to be many people that are going to do that kind of... Who wants to do that? But if you believe this is God talking to you, you got to get there. You got to get there. It's not an option. They still refused to cross the, fight, the battle. They still refused. The ragtag army were easily killed, easily killed where they stood. They refused to fight because they had no weapons. They simply cowered down and died right there on the field. Some tried to run, but soon the evil army flanked them on both sides. They found themselves surrounded. The battle continued on the other side. The evil army flanked them, killed all the retreating army, and the army refused to fight. They had not crossed the line. All, all, all were killed. What's that saying? It's saying that if we don't fight now, we will be killed. It's saying if we don't pick up our Bibles, pick up our swords, if we don't go to the battle now, then right around the corner of that beheading, that stuff like that, you know, things we don't like to talk about, that is coming. That's the word. That's what the look, I'm, I'm just delivery boy here. I don't write the stuff. The 10 good riders, that's the angels. 
They're still fighting. And they were successful. They won. Yes, there was blood. Yes, there was damage. But they kept fighting. They were determined. They were not going to back away, not going to stop, not going to give up. The enemy was pushed back. After the battle, the whole hill where the ragtag army once sat watching was literally littered with dead corpses. All. That's the word all. All corpses of beheaded people had no army, had no armor, had no swords, refused to fight. Now they had all been thrust through, viciously killed, all because they would not engage and did not have the equipment, the armor, and the swords. Brothers and sisters, that's not us. I'm telling you, that is not talking about us. You have been given the armor. You've heard of Dimitri. You've heard of Shane Warren. You've heard of Maurice Scalar. You've heard of the suitcase nukes. You've heard of all of these things that is coming. You have to do this. You have been prepared. I've been saying this. You and I both, we have been prepared for this moment. This this is our moment. Watchmanstrumpet.com. 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 Watchmanstrumpet.com.